Welcome to the second Sunday of Advent. Advent is a word that means coming or visit. In the Christian season of Advent, we prepare for the advent of Christ at Christmas. This morning, we continue to light the Advent candles as we move towards Christmas and the celebration of the birth of Christ. As we light the candles, we continue our journey to Christmas in anticipation of the day when Christ will bring his perfect peace that passes all understanding. From the center candle that represents Jesus, we relight the candle of hope. Now we light the candle of peace. As we do, we remember. We remember that Christ alone is our ultimate source of hope and our source of true and ultimate peace. We remember God's promise to Israel of a Messiah who will bring everlasting peace when he restores all creation at the end of time. We remember our need for a Savior to save us from our sins and give us the peace with God that our hearts were designed for. We remember that in Christ, the God of peace became our Prince of Peace, the one who came not as a destroying conqueror, but as a peaceful babe. <clears throat> Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. The Lord will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, sudden, or, yeah, praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We remember that as we press forward in our world of chaos and conflict, we can do so with confidence, knowing that he is the source of ultimate and everlasting peace, and the one who calms our hearts as we wait his second coming. Let us pray. Gracious God, who sent your servants, the angels, to announce the birth of Christ, our ultimate source of peace with God, as we light these candles this Advent season, we ask you to bring your peace into our hearts, our lives, our families, our communities, and our world. Heal the division around us and use us to bring your peace, your broken world, and at all times, may we have, remember that you alone are the giver of lasting peace, both now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. So, Father, sometimes, maybe like a lot of times, on Sunday morning, it's the least peaceful time for us to get all of our stuff together and to, to get the church. It's almost like, Lord, there's um, like this force against us to bring us to this place. And but God, I pray for peace for your peace to come. Even if we can just breathe deep for a little while this morning and, and just experience you in a new and fresh way. God, our desire is that people will experience the compassionate love of, of you, Father. So we ask that you would be present with us here, that your peace would reign in our hearts and in our minds. We thank you for the opportunity to be gathered in this place. We praise you for the doors that you've opened and the, the ones that you'll continue to open right here in this community. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I uh, just want to apologize. I know it's a little cool in here, but it's a strategy that we are implementing to draw everybody together, all right? Like, you're just like, you know what, I need to sit next to someone so I don't freeze to death this morning. We do that on purpose. No, actually, we don't do it on purpose. It's something to do with the computer program. 
And um, our janitor um, here, Anthony, is so faithful to, to serve us. He said that he will make sure that he will take care of that and will be warm and cozy. So I should actually plant over here by the fire where I can just keep my fingers warm. But I, I'm sorry it's a little bit chilly in here, but we'll, we'll work through it. It's not as cold as the outdoor soccer game that I was at last night. That was cold. But that just tells you how much I love my daughter to sit there and watch, watch her play. So I was talking to a guy earlier this week at Starbucks, and he was saying that, I know it's odd that you think I'd be in Starbucks, but I was there, and it was just happened to be there, and he was talking about this, the church that he goes to. They require everyone at the beginning of the service, they give, they give them two minutes to speak peace to the people around them, and they put up a timer. Now, if we did that, I know there are several people in this room who are, who are the opposite of me. They were introverted, and that two minutes would be the longest two minutes of their life. They'd be like, oh, no, I have to speak to somebody, and oh, I hope people don't come and speak to me. And, but yeah, you know, we come to church, and we want to be greeted, and we want to be, be familiar. But at the same time, if we're a little more introverted, that scares us. So two whole minutes would be an eternity, right? Now, for people like me, two minutes wouldn't be enough. I'd be like, oh, let's just keep that clock rolling, all right? Let's just go and spend the whole time visiting with people and getting to know them. But we don't, we don't do that here. We don't do it really on purpose because we, we do not want you to feel uncomfortable, but we do want you to feel welcome. And so, so for the extroverts in the room, your job is to politely seek out the introverts, okay? And just make sure you welcome them and greet them. Okay, and the introverts, your job is to just tolerate us, all right? And just to like, oh, shake your hand and just put up with us. That's just the way it, the way it goes. I wanted to tell you real quick, we did have this, this past week, there was an article in the newspaper, in the Landmark newspaper about our church. And then this past week, we, we hit about 5,000 homes with some information cards about our church. The first thing like that that we've done since we started on Father's Day. And it's been neat. There's been some great encouragement, some buzz going on, just people that I've been co- and come in contact with over around the community. Also, I did see one in the middle of the street while I was driving down the road the other day. I was excited to see we were advertising right in the middle of the road. We just were everywhere, all right? It was just, it was great that that happens. But if you did, if you don't live in the 64079 zip code, it's not that we don't love you. It's just that we, there's only so much money to go around. And that's kind of an expensive adventure to, to blanket the community but we have a bunch of extra ones that they printed for us. And so we are, they're available today. And so if you say, you know what, this would be a great way to invite somebody to church. I have business cards that I pass out. But these cards, you can take some of them. And matter of fact, maybe if you have people that you know that you could actually mail them to, people that live around this area, take a handful of those and, and use them. Let's make sure we, we just we get rid of all of them because it goes into the hands of people who might, might be interested in what's going on here at the Calling Community Church. And so those are back there. Plus there's copies of the article in the newspaper because I actually deliver the newspaper and all the ones that I picked up this week that nobody bought, I kept our, our articles. And so they're there too if you're interested in kind of the story of how the church um, came to be. So this morning we are in the second week of Advent. We're talking about the coming of peace into the world. And so I want you to turn again to Isaiah chapter 9. We'll revisit this, this passage of Scripture each week, because it's the prophecy of the child coming in to the world. And this is Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to start at verse number 6. So Isaiah 9, 
Very familiar passage. Starting in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so our word that we're focusing on this morning is the word peace. And so I know it's not, it's not a middle of the week. I know it's a Sunday. But there is some, there's some educational things that, can, that we could learn this morning. Some, some uh, sentence structure here. The, the verb meaning for the word peace in the Hebrew language would be shalom or shalom, depending on how you want to pronounce it, but it means to restore in the sense of replacing or providing what is needed in order to make something or someone complete. To make something or someone. So it's an action verb. It's to make someone or something whole and complete. The noun for that same word is one who has or has been provided the very thing needed to make something whole or make someone whole and complete. So you have the action of shalom coming and making someone complete, and then you have the person that makes that happen. And obviously, we, we celebrate and we worship and recognize that that person that comes into this world, which is a broken, um, fragmented world, to make it complete is Jesus, right? That someone, that shalom, is Jesus. He was the thing that was missing in the world and for to us a child is born. and The son is given to us to bring peace into the world. Another prophet, Micah, in chapter 5 says, verse 4 and 5, he says, He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. He will be their Sar Shalom, which is Prince of Peace, which perfectly describes the character and the ministry and the personality of the Messiah that was to come. This idea, this word Sar Shalom means, or Prince of Peace means this. He's the chief of peace, the commander of it. Not second in charge. He's the leader of peace. He comes in, he's the, he is the beginning of peace, and he brings it to all those who follow. He's the leader. He's in charge. And he says, come follow me, and I will give you peace. Interesting thoughts. Jesus left heaven where there is perfect peace to come into a world of chaos and conflict. Do we need to look very far to, to admit there is chaos and conflict in our world, right? There is chaos and conflict in, in our minds. 
I know there is in mine. I'm always arguing with myself. You know, there's chaos and conflict in our own homes. There's chaos and conflict in our communities. And, and it, it's chaos and conflict all over the news. We see it everywhere we look. And obviously there was chaos and conflict in the world when Jesus came into it because the people were walking in darkness. And there's a lot of chaos and conflict and darkness, right? We turn off all the lights in this room and there's no light to be found. Trying to get out of here, out of the same door, there would be chaos and conflict with one another because it's dark. So Jesus left heaven, perfect peace. He comes into this world. He is the word Emmanuel. He is God in the form of a baby and he moves into the neighborhood. Peace has come. It says in Scripture that he grew up and he moved to Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, which is no accident that Jesus came to live there because that's where light was to come. And Jesus moves into this place to fulfill what was said by the prophet Isaiah in the beginning of chapter 9. The people walking in darkness, they've seen this great light. And then he began to preach to the people who were in darkness, telling them to repent. All right, which means to turn Turn around. Turn to me. I'm setting up this new kingdom. There's a new way to live. There's a new way to be human. And I want you to come and turn and be a part of this kingdom. Come with me and experience peace. Find wholeness. Find this kingdom where things are complete and intact. He brought peace when he called his disciples he gave the disciples a new purpose in life. Yeah, he gave them a new reason to live. And, and, and is it true that all of us, every single day, need a new purpose, right? God, give me a reason to live today. And, and of course, in our homes, we don't have to look that far. I mean, as a husband, all I have to do is look right next to me, and there's my dog laying between my wife and I. Get down off the bed, all right? The dog gets down off the bed. Five minutes later, she's laying next to my wife, all right? Because <laughs> my wife's too soft. She lets the dog lay there. But anyway, no, I have to look. I just look right next to me. My wife has a purpose to live. And then um, and my kids across the, across the um, hall there. He gives us a new reason to live. He brought peace to the master of a wedding banquet when he changed water into wine. Do you realize that little things matter to God? Things that we don't think are that significant really do matter to God. God is interested in bringing you peace even in the smallest areas of your life. Have you ever lost something and you just couldn't find it? Have you ever prayed to find it? <laughs> Have you ever found yourself, God, please just let me find this? I wasn't quite that desperate, but the other day I was looking for a receipt. We have this taskmaster that does our, our books for us, and he is like, the guy is so detailed, I love him because I'm not, and he's like, Brady, I need that receipt. And so I, I found all of them except for one. And I was, I was like, you know what, all right, I'll blame it on my wife. She probably threw it away. She actually admitted that she threw it away, so it really wasn't blaming it. It was true. She did do it. Um, but, but I go down and I get the trash cans, and uh, my kids, my kids they, they bring the trash cans down to the curb, but somehow it's, uh, they're unable to, to get a hold of this concept that they need to go back up into the garage. Like, I don't know what that is. I don't know if there's a mental block. Kids, do you, can you help me understand why that is? Like, complete the job, all right? You started it, now finish it. Which, by the way, just a side note, God always finishes what he starts. He makes all things whole. And when Jesus comes back, 
all things will be made new. And he'll finish what he starts because he's a God of peace and he's a God of, of wholeness. Well, anyway, so the, they didn't bring the trash cans up. It rained that day. Of course, the trash cans are standing there in the rain. So what happens? There's water in the trash cans, all right? That's not a good thing. Somebody threw a Starbucks cup in there and up, it tipped upside down, got stuff all over. I don't know who that was. That was probably one of my kids. But anyway, so I take the trash cans up and I dump them upside down. And I'm going through just trying to like get, clean them out and get all the trash picked up. And I see a bag and I see a McDonald's cup in the bag. And I think maybe where a McDonald's cup is could be a McDonald's receipt. Sure enough, it was right there. Now, I didn't like fast and pray and cry out to God, please help me find this receipt. But I did ask God, God, it'd be nice if I could find this receipt. And even in that little particular small moment of time, guess what came into my heart when I found it? Peace. Oh, okay, it's all back together now. I found what I was, I found what I was looking for. It was good. He calmed the raging seas. Peace is not always the absence of storms, though, Right? In life, even in the midst of a storm of life, we can experience his peace. And there's conflict of trials, which there will be in life. God is there. He brought peace to people when they had raging seas going on inside of them. It says in Scripture that Jesus saw the people and he had compassion on them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. Can you imagine sheep wandering around? without a shepherd. So Jesus sees them and he has compassion. So he heals their diseases. He restores their sight. He drives out the demons from within and he caused the lame to walk. But ultimately, Jesus reconciles all things. Hear this. He reconciles all things. This is in Colossians chapter 1. By making peace through his blood that he sheds on the cross. Isn't that a powerful thought? Jesus makes all things whole by giving his life for you and me. It's a powerful thought. But what are some other things that we, we look for to find peace in in this world that we live in? What are some other things that we can and, and, and we might be able to find peace and wholeness in, in, um, in these things. But if they replace Jesus, they become a counterfeit, right? And they don't, they don't really fulfill what, the promise that we think they do. So what are some things that we look for peace in? This is where we participate together, right? Just, I know this is hard. I know you're, some of you are far away. <laughs> but it's okay, huh? We do, yeah. We look for peace in money. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll just be honest with you. When I actually have some in my wallet and I'm able to buy something that I want, I, I feel a little bit more peace, more peace than when I was like, man, I wish I, wish I could get that, but I just, we just don't have the money right now. There's a little unrest. What are most arguments in marriages? What do they come from? From the, yeah, from money. Thank you for participating. Thank you for coming all the way from California to participate, all right? Appreciate that. Some of you local people need to catch up, okay? Here we go. What are some other things? Your health? Oh, yeah, that's great. I didn't even think about that. Because, yeah, there's so much unrest when we don't feel well or we're worried about something. Matter of fact, um, let's just do something right now. I want you to bow your head. Uh, Lord, right now, there are two uh, ladies, two janitors that work in this school that are incredible people, precious people, 
And both of them have health issues in their life right now, Lord. One with her husband and one with, her, with herself. And God, I pray that as a result of your presence being in this school, that they would experience healing in the name of Jesus. God, that would you touch them and would they, would they know your peace this, this season of their life because they know that you're present with them. We ask that you would do that in faith, in Jesus' name, amen. So there is so much unrest in, 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 um, in health. Yesterday we were at the hospital, we got to visit a brand new baby boy. He's precious, he's perfectly healthy, but what if your baby's not healthy and it's in intensive care and you're waiting, so much turmoil going on inside. One more thing. What else? Boom. Thank you. Thank you, because that's where I was going to go next. Thank you for that segue. I'll pay you for that later, all right? That's good. Relationships, but, but, yet, but yet, you know, we could, we could say Jesus, obviously, because that's the Sunday school answer, but you know what? Sometimes the Sunday school answer is the best answer, all right? But in this particular case, relationships, but aren't relationships a double-edged sword? I mean, aren't some of the best moments of life are because of relationships? I mean, husbands and wives look at each other and just shake your head. Mm-hmm, that's right, yeah. <laughs> but aren't some of the most difficult moments in life as a result of that same relationship, husband and wives? Don't point fingers at each other. Just look at each other and shake your head, all right? Yeah, and so for, for those of you single, I know you, I know you have a birthday. You're getting a little older. Maybe one of these days you're going to get married. Not anytime soon, all right? All right, not in the next couple of years. And thank you. Yeah, and you're like, oh, don't discourage us, Brady, because I look forward to that time. And I, and I look forward to you experience all the good and the bad and the ugly that come with it, you know, because that's just life. But relationships can be a double-edged sword. Why? Because people are broken, aren't they? And they're fragmented. They're not whole. I was delivering the newspaper it's a Wednesday morning. Typically, it's a Wednesday evening when I do it. And I was pulled into Quick Trip, and I looked over, and I saw a young lady, and she looked like she was um, a little bit um, confused by something, or you could just tell she was experiencing some, some anxiety, maybe. And uh, so I just stopped, and I rolled down the window, and I asked a simple question, which is a question that we could all get better at asking, maybe hey, are you okay? Can I help you? And she said, well, I've never done this before. She said, I really don't know what I'm doing. She was putting air in her tires. My first thought was, is where's her dad? All right, come on, dads. Teach your daughter at least how to put air in their tire, all right? I mean, even teach her how to change one if you need to. So I, so I pull up, and, and, and I don't know her whole story. Her father could have died at a young age. I don't know. I mean, and so, so I pull up, and I said, look, I'll, I'll give you a hand. So I had one of those cheap little tire gauges, and I helped her. And, and listen, and I, may, I don't know, did I tell that story last week that I did this? Uh, but here's what happened. I, um, when we were done, I asked her a real simple question. I said, hey, hey, Alex, if God could do a miracle in your life, what would it be? She didn't have to think very long at all. And she said, I'm so anxious all the time. I worry about everything. And it just consumes me. And immediately, you know what I thought about? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. I give this verse away so much. It almost seems too cliche sometimes, but it's so powerful. It says that you do not have to be anxious about anything. 
but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, which I thought was kind of cool because it was the Thanksgiving season, so that was, to throw that in there too. It's like, what are you thankful for, Alex, you know? We can present our request to God, and then it says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And then I prayed that same scripture over her, and I gave her my card, and I said, Alex, if you ever need anything, let me know. She drove off. Thanksgiving comes. Thanksgiving goes. I get an email Sunday afternoon, and she said, Pastor Brady, I just wanted to tell you what happened as a result of our meeting. She goes, I got to Nebraska. Within minutes of being there, my mom and I were going for a walk. My mom fell and broke her shoulder. That sounds painful. (laughs) She goes, the next few days were spent in and out of the hospital, phone calls on behalf of my parents, trying to cook a meal that I wasn't prepared to cook. And she goes, but you won't believe this. She goes, but at the whole time, I I didn't get anxious one time. She goes, I felt more peace and I felt more present Within my, with my family, she goes, because you didn't understand this, Brady, she goes, most of my anxiety comes because of the relationships in my family. And isn't that the truth? As we sit here today, most of the unrest that we find as, as people is horizontal, like the horizontal beam of the cross. It is with the people around us and the people in the world we live in. And you know, God calls us, as we experience some of the vertical peace from God, to be peacemakers to those around us. I, I didn't think about that passage of Scripture when I stopped to help Alex. I was like, blessed are the peacemakers before they will be called the children of God. I'm going to be a peacemaker today for Alex. But I was offering her peace, right? I offer peace of mind to help her make sure her tires were okay. I, I, I gave her some, a passage of Scripture. I prayed for her. I gave her what I had that moment. And I gave her peace. And then, did you, can you believe that God knew what was going to happen before she got to where she was going? Did you believe that God knew what she needed before she got there? Ladies and gentlemen, do you know that's true of you today? You don't know about tomorrow, but God knows exactly what you need tomorrow. I promise you he does. And we need his peace. And we can be peacemakers. We can offer that peace to those around us. I was talking to another friend, police officers who've gotten pretty bad rap recently are peacemakers. I mean, that's what they were hired to do. And that doesn't mean that all, all police officers are bad or all of them are good. It doesn't mean all pastors are good and all pastors are bad. But you know, we should pray for peace, right? We should pray for peace in Ferguson. We should. And then I had this crazy idea. You know what? If I, was, if I was in the situation that the Brown family was in, and I call myself a follower of Jesus Christ, what should I offer to that, to that officer? Forgiveness and Should I offer him peace? Yeah. Because God, who is holy, who is able and willing to forgive me, how much more? What if we prayed that the Brown family would invite him over to their home? Would that just shock the world? What, would, the, would they cover that? Would CNN be all over that? They should, because that would be so counterculture and counterintuitive to our nature. 
But in, but in Romans, it says this. We are not to repay anyone evil for evil. Romans 12, verse 17 and 18. But we are to be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody if, if it is possible. Now, sometimes I realize there's a time to fight. But if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Man, I wish, I wish our, my family would practice that a little bit more often. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes, hey, if it's possible for you, remain at peace forever. Try to bring peace to that. Like, let's throw some water on that fire and let's put the gasoline cans down. But that's not how we're wired, right? We don't come out that way. We come out with a gasoline can in our hand. But we have to learn to be peacemakers. Matter of fact, as soon as you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, and one of the fruits that he brings with him that he wants to grow in you is what? It's peace. He wants you to grow that up and then give it away. I'm going to finish with something it's a little hard to listen to. Because here's the thing. If you, if you get in your Bible and you begin to read and you look at passages of Scripture and you look about peace and you think about Christ coming into the world to bring pre peace and wholeness into broken situations, broken lives and broken um, people, if you keep reading and you look up every, every Scripture that has peace in it, you know what you're eventually going to find? You're going to find a passage of Scripture like this. Psalm 85, verse 8 through 10. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints. But let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land Love and faithfulness meet together. And listen to this. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Hmm. That's odd. What does that mean? Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Do you believe that there is peace in obedience? You believe that there is peace when you're walking in obedience. Children, kids, young ladies, young boys and girls. Is there more peace between you and your mom and dad when you're obeying them compared to when you're not obeying them? I know it's true in my house, right, McDonald's? True in your house, right? Same thing with our Heavenly Father. When we are living rightly before the Lord, when we're walking in obedience, there's peace there. But I know sometimes in my life when I was not obedient, when I was, I was living and doing what Brady wanted to do, and the last thing I felt in my heart was any kind of peace at all. I felt darkness. I felt separated. I felt lonely. There's a word for us this morning. And he calls us to righteousness. And there's peace in it. Okay, then you go on, you go, all right, that's, that's, that's all right, that sounds good. But what happens when you get to Matthew chapter 10? I want you to turn there. Matthew chapter 10. Let's just say you're, you're reading along, you're doing your devotional time in the morning, which, by the way, 
I encourage you to seek times of peace and just quiet. It's hard to find sometimes. I get it, but you have to fight for it a little bit. You just have to find some peace and quiet. I know some of you guys get that in a deer stand, and that's awesome. I'm glad that you can do that because um, I'm just not wired that way. So you're just reading along. You're reading in Matthew chapter 10, and let's just say you open up your Bible. Hey, I'm going to just start reading in Matthew chapter 10, right here about verse 32, where it says, okay, whoever acknowledges me before others. Now, this is Jesus speaking to his followers. And because it's written down in Scripture and given to us, he's speaking to us this morning. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Okay, But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Okay? Keep reading. Jesus' words here. Listen to this. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. And you're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Did that say what I think it said? Because I thought Brady just got through talking about, you know, Jesus being peace and coming and making things whole. And Jesus is saying here, don't suppose that I come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Now, guys, especially guys, you need to listen up. So, what, Jesus, but a sword? That's awesome. Jesus, like Conan, you know, <laughs> flaming sword, you know. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A sword can bring some peace. In my house, it was a paddle <laughs> instead of a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. You're like, whoa, what? This is not the Christmas story that I was used to when I was a kid. This, what is, what is he talking about here? Anyone who loves his father or mother, now here's the key phrase, more than me. Is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me, which means to put self aside and to surrender to follow Jesus. Whoever finds their life will lose it Basically saying, when we find our peace in our life in anything other than Christ, you're not going to be able to hold on to that forever. Eventually, you're going to lose it. But, but, it says, whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Please do not hear Jesus telling you that you should hate your brothers and your sisters and your mom and your dad. But I do want you to hear this morning that Jesus, in order for us to fully experience the peace that passes all understanding, he's challenging every single one of us, every single day of our life, to say, am I first in your life? Do you love me more than anything else on earth? That's a challenging statement. And he requires us to think about that today. 
So I have a question. Do you have peace with God today? Do you know Jesus? K-N-O-W. Because if you know Jesus, then you can know peace. And maybe you've seen the bumper sticker, N-O Jesus, N-O peace. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. And my peace I give you, not as the world gives. It's not the same kind of peace. You can't find it in things. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. You can know peace if you know me. And so I encourage you to answer that question honestly in your heart. Do you know the peace of God that comes through faith in Jesus, the one who who made all things new, who reconciled all things to himself by shedding his blood on the cross? That's what we celebrate on Christmas. Jesus, it said, left heaven and came to earth and made himself nothing so that we could be something, so that we could know peace. Here's a question. Do you need to make peace with someone else this Christmas season? And I promise you all of us could say yes to this question. I don't know I don't know exactly where you are about the peace with God thing that's between you and him and you need to deal with that. That's like the most important thing. What about others? What about the people around us? Is God calling you to be a peacemaker today? Where you work? Maybe you're the oldest sibling in your home and you can be the peacemaker with the rest of them. You can lead by example. Maybe there's distant relatives that uh, you haven't had contact with for a long time. I was sharing this with a young, uh, an older lady that's a friend of mine who's such a great source of wisdom for me, and she said, Brady, I can't do that in public, but I can do it privately, and that's okay. I know it freaks some of you out to think, well, I hope he doesn't ask me to do that here <laughs> publicly today, but you know what? If God's calling you to do that today, I would encourage you to be obedient because there is peace when you obey. But maybe he's calling you to do it after you leave here today. Maybe you need to make a commitment. Say sometime between now and Christmas morning, I'm going to at least extend my hand to be a peacemaker in my family or with my friends or with my coworkers. But that's hard because it causes us to, to surrender. And there's a line from a song that we're going we're gonna to play here in just a minute. And that whole thought of surrendering and dying to self and following Jesus is hard for us. And this, this, this line goes like this. Surrender don't come natural to me. Or maybe it doesn't come natural to me. I would rather fight you, he's talking to God, I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than to take what you would give to me that I really need. Think about that. I would really, I'd rather fight for things 
here on earth that really don't bring peace anyway. I really fight you for those things. God has said, just take from you what you offer me today, the things I need the very most. So as we get ready to close our time together, here's what we'll do. There is, um, they'll come through and they're going to send the offering baskets through. And if you filled out a card today or your prayer request or just an information card, we'd love for you to put it in there. If you came ready to give today and to support the work that's going on here, we'd appreciate that as well. You can do that as the offering basket comes. And then we'll pray at the end. But as we're doing that, I want you to listen to the words of this song. The song is by a guy named Rich Mullins, who died tragically too young. And uh, he wrote this song in a time of real unrest in his life, a time of turmoil. But I think he was getting to the place where he's finally willing to surrender. And uh, I pray that this morning you would be in that place too. Give yourself to Jesus. Give your life to him. Let the peace of God come and rest inside of you. Love him more than anything else on this earth. And then reconcile with people around you and experience that peace that can come. So listen to this song. As we remember Christ's birth and anticipate his glorious return, may the God of peace, through the blood of the eternal covenant, says, brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him. Through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever and ever. So, Father, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for this gift that you've given us in your son, the perfect peace to come and make things whole. Would you make us whole? Guard our hearts, guard our minds today in Christ Jesus. God, take this offering that has been given and bless it. Make it be immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. God, we thank you for the gift of life that comes in Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much. And hey, take an opportunity this morning to, to visit with someone, get to know someone. If you uh, remember to grab one of the newspaper articles or grab some of the cards, take them with you and just spread the word. Bless you and have a great Christmas.